Seeing a world for what it is can always be a tough thing. We see so much all the time that it becomes something more of an art to be able to filter out the rest of the noise. To look at the details you want to see rather than the ones that jump into your thoughts and scream and grab for your attention. It can be exhausting. Which is likely why my part in this project was, by comparison to my brothers, so minimal. I may have provided a solid foundation for their work, but the others were always more qualified for details. The newness of the thing is intoxicating. It seizes your senses, your imagination, your entire essence. If time was a factor to worry for, it might be concerning to see how much of oneself we invest into our projects. That's never been an obstacle I've had to leap, however. I sound dispassionate, but that really isn't the case. My project has always been more of a gradual gain. I'm not interested in small-time accomplishments that will net me nothing but a headache. I desire more. So I did my part, and I left. There are many fantastical cities across this harmonious world, but this city is the unspoken capital of that empire. Buildings taller than you could believe are suspended off the ground through magical means. The fountains at Octant Junction Parks run with shimmering gold or crystal liquid. Bridges connecting far octants span the sky between the reaching buildings. Outside the grand walls of the city lie the various markets and workshops of the population. This is Dustfall the grandest city of the Jinn. The Jinn themselves are plentiful and bright. They all have adopted various forms, each one not larger than a dog. Some of them walk on two legs or four legs, some of them float elegantly above the paving stones, and some still only pop into existence when they are needed. They are busy yet graceful people, unmatched in their arcane talents and knowledge. Dustfall is the epicenter for the world's magical, medical, mechanical, and experimental breakthroughs. No new items, spells, or procedures ever become anything more than lines on paper until they have been brought through the work district in Dustfall. But as all things are wont to do, times are changing. Oh, the city itself is as splendorous as ever, but something hangs in the air. It stifles creativity and ingenuity. There's an ongoing crisis inside the walls of the Jin City as production and studies have all but stopped. The economy is on the brink of collapse, and the non-Jin denizens are becoming increasingly worried that the city won't be able to sustain them any longer. You find yourselves as the bodyguards for one of the more important ambassadors in the city, a younger coronid man named Sanagar. You arrived in the city under the pretense to help bolster the economy, but after receiving word from a priest from a temple located in the Head District, he grew wary. The city is becoming restless, and a sense of impending death hangs above your heads. You wait for him now outside of the meeting hall, which he is currently in. 
would you like to do? Uh, midday. We're just waiting for him as routine? Yeah, he's in the meeting. Um, you four are just kind of waiting for him to be done with the meeting. You're out in the, the meeting hall's kind of in the middle of a big square. There's lots of open space, so plenty of room for Hazard of Fire's elephant to roam around. Which, um, surprisingly, isn't really drawing as much attention as you, we might think here, but, uh, but it is still a sight to see. Not particularly, um, but you know that his mindset going into it was a little more shaken than normal. He had spoken with a priest before heading inside. Felt a little off. Um, he's walking away with his group. He's of the, uh, you would know him as from the priesthood of the Twelve Shards. Are we close to the door? <clears throat> you're down. You're down the steps. Um, oh, okay. and think of it like the um, like the Hague or something, right? Okay. It's uh, it's a really big building with lots of steps, and you're at the bottom of the steps. And yeah, it's awkward just be sitting there, leaned up against a wall. He would be like, phonetically like cleaning his like <laughs> like his chest of him and his plate. And he like looks at like you guys kind of like anxiously, and he keeps like shining it, and then he seems satisfied. Just gonna cross his arms and acts like no one was watching him. You know what? Flint is better than what. Oh, what? Ganatok would like, he'd roll his eyes like he's never heard that before from his associate. <laughs> he's been in there a while. You think everything's okay? Uh, I'm not very sneaky. Maybe somebody else who's more sneaky would know. Should I sneak in there? Would you like to? I would like to sneak in there. Alright. Well, okay, yeah. Uh, go ahead, roll stealth for me. As she's doing that, I will use um, Control Flames Cantrip on the lamps. To oh. reduce their area of light by half. Nice. Roll stealth with with advantage, please. Yeah, you're able to. Uh, you wait until the doors open again and some scribes walk out, um, and you kind of just slip in behind them. And um, there's not really a lot of guards, but there's like people standing around talking and shuffling papers, and some people working behind the desk. Um, and you you're able to with that with that roll, you're able to check like all the doors on your way down to like kind of like listen in until you're pretty sure you found like the ambassadors meeting. Are you, are you going in, or are you just trying to, like, kind of listen? Going in. Okay, so you slip in. Um, you're able to, there's a, there's actually, like, a, a row of shelves that kind of, like, splits off immediately from the door um, to the left-hand side. Um, and you're able to kind of skip in there and, without being seen by anybody. Um, and you've got, like, kind of a nice little hiding nook kind of by the door. You slip in and you hear these people. Um, it's a bunch of different, it's like elves and humans and, um... There's a couple tabaxi people and one uh, jinn involved with this, um, and you're pretty sure that that's like the jinn who's in charge of the city. You would know him as Blessing. He's purple. Um, he's got some light amber stripes on him. He has no leg or arm appendages. He looks more akin to a stingray, and he's kind of hovering above his his little like space on the table. Anyway, you walk in and you hear them talking about. Um, it's sort of mid conversation, and it says, "What do you suggest we do about this dragon?" Um, and there's a, a kind of a, a roar of people like talking all at once, and someone mentions like, "Just send, send. A, do we have any soldiers we can send east?" And then someone else says, "You want the soldiers frozen? It's a blue dragon, after all." Um, there's a lot more kind of clamoring, people trying to talk over each other, until finally the jinn sort of like there's a snapping sound. It sounds like he's like clapping his hands together, but it's. He doesn't have any appendages to do that, so it just kind of like reverberates from that direction. And you hear him say, Gentlemen, please, we mustn't fight. We mustn't be... This this meeting has gone long enough as it is. We don't need to be getting involved with unnecessary discussion. We came here to talk about the war efforts in the Harpact. Some kind of quieting and uh, 
like we've already discussed this. There's a couple humans who are like, are we? Can we be certain that the shadow plane has been pushed back? One of the one of the men stands up, and he looks like he's dressed kind of uh, in military style, um, in ambassador's uniform, and he says, "Oh, trust me. If if the people say Kandros Hoppy Herald pushed them back, then they're pushed back." Um, there's a murmur of assent. Someone says, "We've talked this to death already. Please let us just a drum meeting." And you look and you see that it's Sanagar who's saying that. He says, I would like to return and speak with the uh, the priests of the temple. Has anyone else felt what's going on in the city lately? It's not a right time for the city. And there's a, a, some kind of overtalk. You can't really hear what's being said. And eventually someone says, all right, motion passed, meeting adjourned. And they all kind of stand up and start walking towards what do you want to do. Sneak back out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, roll, roll stealth. There's a lot of commotion kind of going Someone's still shouting in the back, and um, you're able to sneak out of the door without anyone really seeing you. Um, you are seen in the hallway, but at this point, you're not. It's not like there's people everywhere, so it's not really a big deal. That you know that you're allowed to be in this building more or less, which is maybe not the meeting. And so some some people see you walking out, um, and you're able to get back out to the group before Sanagar arrives. Yeah, it's awkward. Definitely, just like as soon as you come down the stairs, he like stands like in front of you. He's like, "What is it? what's happening?" He like stands a little straighter every time you say war. So fifth edition doesn't have knowledge of the planes. What's the appropriate? I mean, I can tell you at least a little bit without even having to roll that. Um, as far as this war going on um, to the west from where you are um, is near um, a big water source. Um, there was just one day a group of um, shadows showed up. You weren't really sure what the heck was going on with that, but it mobilized a lot of the local militaries um, and actually united some of the Far Kingdoms um, in a in like this purpose to push the shadows out um, and ended with, or at least you've been told it ended with, um, a large force um, occupying the city of Cry and amassing like a force basically building it up and trying to force the shadows out where then they were attacked by some giant shadow monster. Um, and that was kind of the last thing you'd heard, but you'd heard that there was victory and you haven't heard much else beyond that. She says the name Kandros, general history on that. Yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, it's a 17. Kandros is a, he's a, he's a general in, the, in one of the militaries on the western side of the, uh, the land. That's how I'm going to put it. He's revered as being tactically smart, and um, his wife, Leandra, is known as the Ascended Warrior, because she's never lost a fight that she's come up against. And it's, they're, we're alive enough. We're yes. just fighting against the shadows. Okay. Yes. And please feel free to ask selfish questions. That's totally <laughs> fine. That's why. I, that's kind of why I'm doing this, partly. So, is Sandigar still inside? Do I know if Sandigar usually wears a shirt or not? Yeah, how's this disease? Is he pretty chiseled? <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, were you in the group when we first met Sandigar? Okay, okay. 
Because my first image was... That was very shortly after you joined the group, I think. It was a long time ago. It was a while ago. Sanagar is a very sensual man. <laughs> kind of, kind of snake-like. A sensual snake? Mm-hmm. Um, he's a snake-like humanoid. Very good looking. Maybe that was the description. Was this literally the, the greatest looking man we've ever seen? I mean, is this the first time we've heard about the blue dragon? That um, the blue dragon is a new. You've known that something's been going on in the east. There's been a lot of um, mage schools out that way that were disappearing. <clears throat> like magic schools, um, oh, like just kind of getting under attack, um, and nobody was really sure what was causing it. Um, but the destruction has been total and like <clears throat> all lives lost type thing. So this will be the first that you've heard of a dragon being involved with that. Nothing with the arcane changing. It's just mage schools are just being destroyed. Also, which thought to be the work of bandits. That's a good question. After a fairly new contract, he probably been working for him for about six months. Are we happy with our employment? And my other question is: Are we aligned with? Priesthood that he is to. That is totally up to you. Do you worship any of the gods? Yeah, I think he pays you pretty handsomely. In fact, it had been kind of my thought that you guys got this contract because he had been traveling with a tabaxi merchant group that he um, ended up falling in with um, and traveling with them for some time while he was between cities and um, offered you guys some a pretty hefty sum of money because he couldn't get over the fact that there was an elephant traveling with a bunch of cats. <laughs> so yeah, ultimately I think he's been a good employer to you. That would be fair to say. If he's walking down, I would just immediately look to him and be like, what's this about Blue Dragon? We're going to fight it? He's, he's kind of like, he goes, <sighs> and then he looks at you, he's like, thank you, Alania, for once again involving yourself in politics. Um, and, then he, and then he smiles and he's like, well, there's nothing confirmed yet. All reports point to it. a young blue dragon destroying settlements and magic schools. I mean, you've heard all about those rumors, I'm sure. He's kind of addressing all of you. He's like, uh, it appears to be devouring magical creatures. Not sure yet, or why. Um, and extra prevailing theory, at least for now, is that it's also been eating some of the djinn. That's the first time we've ever heard of a dragon attacking the djinn outright. So it is it is a little concerning, but I don't know what we could do about that from here. So is it killing the djinn? Well, the reports say consuming the djinn, yes. What about magical constructs? Uh, yes, unfortunately. Any, any magical items or constructs or people with arcane abilities have not fared well against this dragon. Has anybody gone to fight him yet? <laughs> not, not yet. We could be the first. You should let us kill it. You should pay us to do it. Unfortunately, my business is taking me west. Unless you want a severed contract to go fight this dragon, I mean that that can be arranged. But for now, I was hoping that you could take me. <laughs> <laughs> for now, I was hoping that you could take me to. Um, to see the, the priesthood of the twelve shards, I I need to. And and he kind of sighs and he hangs his head a minute. And he's just like, "Don't you feel it? It's like a heavy weight over my head in this city. It sits in my chest. It feels like there's something lurking in the pools of my mind, grabbing the ankles of my thoughts as they try to pass by. Today is a 
day of death. You feel it. I don't know why, and I need to speak to the minister. You take me there. You guys are in the uh, the heart district, and you need to travel to the head, which is uh, which is here from like somewhere in here. Right, I'll fly ahead. Make sure the hiccups. Is this town mm-hmm. or is it just because he's just a VIP? Um, yeah, he's just, he's an ambassador, and that, I mean, that naturally paints a target. This, sure. this city isn't devoid of crime, it's a glorious city. Um, you know, just as the intro it's says, like it is the... levels? Oh, yeah, like, Perfect. so, like, think, like, <laughs> skyscrapers that reach, you know, higher than, like, any cities we have, and, like, the bases yeah, are not even touching the ground, they're just suspended in yeah. midair. And, so, go ahead. Kick the rope ladder, climb down, and offers that it's out of the seat. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll climb up and, and nod his thanks to you as he climbs into the saddle. While you're flying ahead, roll, roll perception for me. 18? Okay, as you're flying ahead, you're seeing kind of some weird confirmations of what he had just been talking about. There's like some areas where there's a lot of people congregated. Almost looks like protests that are starting to maybe turn violent. In some areas, not necessarily on the path that you're going to take to get to where you need to go, um, but there, there definitely is a lot of people on the street right now. A lot more than you're used to seeing in the times that you've come here before. Something is up, and and now that he's kind of mentioned this heaviness that sits in the air, you guys all kind of start to feel this this oppressive feeling in the air. He just kind of looks over you guys and he's just like, sometimes you just get so frustrated, you know, in politics. This is ridiculous. I don't feel like they're taking the concerns of the djinn seriously in there. You know what I mean? You ever get that feeling when when you're trying to bring up a topic of conversation and it just feels like people aren't listening? And that's how I felt in there today and it's frustrating. It feels like nobody's taking this seriously. Well, the djinn are concerned, I mean, they're concerned about the dragon in the east, they're concerned about the shadow plane in the west, they're concerned about this this feeling, you know, productivity has come down in the last four months. This city is is starting to die, take a nosedive, um, economically speaking, and it's not been good for the morale of the citizens, and it's not been good for the leadership of the djinn, and quite frankly, it's been a little scary for the regular citizen here. Kind of as he's saying that, there's like this group of marchers who kind of like march across a, a thoroughfare in front of you, um, kind of shouting and like they kind of look over and they start like waving signs at him and stuff and then continue on. And he's just like, there's unrest everywhere. And the ambassadors in there are acting like it's not happening. They're trying to pretend that that it's all in our heads, this unrest and this, this oppressive feeling. So the ambassadors aren't listening to the gym himself, or like multiple gym. The the gym leadership. I, I mean, um, blessing was in the you know he's in the meeting with us as he always is as the representative of this city. But each one of those ambassadors has their own other cities that they attend and and speak with the gym there. And and every single one of them is concerned about what's coming out of dustfall. Those shadows. I think they want to push back could be. It's not ruled out. Well, change is coming, one way or the other, but if um, if we were to get out ahead of this, then the best way to do it would be a wholesale change, I suppose. Be a change in, in ambassadors, or a change in Jin leadership, I'm not, not entirely sure. Maybe we need to try to talk the Jin into um, ceding some of the control of their 
city to the regular denizens, people who aren't of Jin descent. So you think it's a leadership problem and not the shadow slash dragon? There's a lot of people who would smell espionage in these events. I've been around long enough that I, I can see that that's not, not the case. Things that's happening in the West are contained to the West. The dragon in the East has been contained to the East. He has not traveled this far out. And we'll see signs of his destruction. Should he move this direction, it'll be easy to track. No, I think this is, this is coming from within. Boss, who would benefit from Dustfall being less productive? It's a question I've been asking myself for some time now. I had some concerning words with one of the priests of the Twelve Shards earlier. He mentioned that earlier today, they heard a voice in their main temple chamber. Not unheard of to speak directly to one of the gods, but this was a very clear first contact from the gods rather than them reaching out and getting a response. And the voice is asking for help, but won't say why. Is that what we're going to talk to now? The same priest? Yeah. Yeah, heading head in that direction. Is that what they were talking to you about before you went into the Yes. Why yes, did that's they come cool. to you? I think just because of who I represent, the, the Koranid are, are people who have made our own way in the world. I got some uplifting news earlier, actually, that our, our my home isle of Gyasli was, was being celebrated currently for its recreations of some of the Jinn magics. They're not complete recreations, and they do have some faults, but it is, um, they are beginning, they broke ground on a new building that hopefully will show what my people can do, and, and I think that in that way, who I represent makes me important to the priesthood, as uh, they've been trying to bring temples to Gyasli for some time. Why they told me this information, I'm, I'm not sure. Can I roll history on, like, what I know of any, like, known dissenters to his or people who don't like his race. Yeah. Who maybe would have led to a war for him. Maybe in the future they don't like him. <laughs> 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 is there a future check? Uh, is, there, is there a future stat on here? Are you playing a diviner wizard? Yeah, you can roll history. I have more points in history, probably. So. Yeah. Oh, and it's Nate. You don't know of any, like, currently people who are, um, like, campaigning against the Coronet or anything. There's, there's no history of that currently. You do know that his his race has not been known for their creativity until very recently. Um, they're, they're in something of a renaissance right now, if that makes sense. Um, but they have always been historically very reclusive, kind of out on their island, not really allowing for much trade, and they've been very strict on their regulations and rules regarding what they allow between their island and the land. Um, are we still walking over yes. to the head? Yes. Um, are we still running into anybody? I mean, you're, you're seeing it all over the place. There's people running up and down the street shouting and protesters going in front of you and behind you. and But nobody's like nobody's getting up in your business. Roll of perception if anyone's looking at my boss then. Yeah, there's definitely some some not so awesome looks being cast his way. In fact, roll um, an investigation on one of the crowds in front of you. You see some people who like. There's one guy who stops and like grabs a couple people by the shoulder and then kind of points and then they all kind of scurry off. Um, you did notice that. I think I would like 
like kind of awkwardly step away from the group at some commotion drinking the crowd nearby is like you just kind of see me like pop up a little bit as much as I can as I see like a potential fight. What's going on? He's going to deliver the trunk. Can I follow them? Sure. So I go to like intimidate these kids and she just like like ducks her helmet and says, like, oh, okay. And I'll just turn her around again. What'd you roll for stealth? 17? Um, wow. So you become one with the, the paving stones or something. Yeah, you wind your way through the different protesters, and you you catch a bead pretty quickly on these guys. They run around a couple corners and into an alley where there's a lot more people who have clubs and swords and bows and arrows. Do I see this? Um, if you were following her, then yeah, I think you eventually come over, like, when you come over directly um, from the, the alleyway, you're able to see what looks like a group of people gathering. You are handed a pitchfork, and they're just like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta take this place down, man! You know, there's this kind of this general anti-gin sentiment, mostly. You know, these people are mostly humans, elves, I guess goblins, tabaxi, things like that. So yeah, you grab a pitchfork, there's a lot of energy, and you begin to move out of the alleyway. You're heading toward, this whole group is heading towards the road where, what's the elephant's name? Gamba. No, Orza would know <clears throat> signals in any capacity towards Yadatok, I'm gonna start fighting. But that's something you know. I would whistle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the signal is that you usually give, like it's it's an on or off switch with it. Just okay. so you guys are aware. Like it's there's no in between. If, if you say there's something weird, we're gonna start fighting. So um I would still be alert. <laughs> I guess that doesn't work. It's anyway. a different whistle, so I'm like Look out, you know, kind of signaling up ahead on the road. There's trouble coming. Okay. So I can see it all happen. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of watching this crowd surge that direction. Is there a different area of the direction? Yeah, the, the heart is where um, it's sort of a residence area for the most part. They're all the kind of shops and workshops and things like that are outside of the city walls. Um, and. It's like for high class, non-gin citizens and gin citizens are all in the heart. <clears throat> yes, there are those who choose to live outside of the city walls, but um, for the most part, yeah. So the kids who saw our boss. Yeah, yeah, they're they're part of like the there's maybe like a group of five people who are sort of like the leaders of this thing but as the energy builds as mobs tend to become eventually you lose leadership altogether and it just becomes people doing what they want to do um, and you are quickly approaching that point well we just saw one of the coordinate ambassadors he's heading down this way we gotta wreak some havoc if you know what I mean <laughs> we're just mostly trying to scare him we don't you know this one we're gonna do uh, I think there was more ambassadors that way. Well, but the meeting hall's this way. Um, but they all went that way. <laughs> that means they've already passed it. Oh, Ricky, did you? I want you to roll deception for me. Okay. <laughs> Ricky, she's saying that the ambassadors all went that way. What? No, they just meeting just got out. They couldn't have got that far. No, no she says it. She says it. And um. The crowd turns and begins to surge that direction. Nicely done. The crowd turns and surges a different direction. 
the road clears up mostly in front of you. And you guys are able to continue on for a little while. Did you signal that the crowd was like moving away? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. okay. Turns on the seal and like kind of hangs his head as he goes back to the hospital. In the way that crowds can sort of move a little bit like a liquid, this is such a weird way to describe it, but it is kind of true. There's like, I mean, there are like surges and eddies, you know, where people are just kind of breaking off of bigger groups and they kind of like disperse and don't really know what they're doing anymore and either go back or find a bigger group again. But yeah, you, you get a pretty decent picture of the unrest in this city, and it is, it's bad. It's um, maybe even worse than you had initially thought when Sanagar had first talked about it. Yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot longer you guys get to the hid, as it were. There are many different temples in here. There's 12 of them to be exact. There's a temple for the goddess of war, there's a temple for the goddess of growth and nature, the god of order, goddess of power, the goddess of love, the god of shadows, god of memory, the goddess of truth, the god of honor, the god of preservation, the goddess of ruin and chaos, and the god of death. And which one are our priests? Well, the priesthood of the twelve shards is yeah, it's a pan pantheon. Thank you. So they, they, they're, they're sort of all of them. Yes. <laughs> so there's like so I should say there's thirteen buildings because there's twelve for each of the gods and then. Out of curiosity, does anyone follow a specific god? Because I can tell you the, the name of that god. Yeah, the talk's understanding is he doesn't know how he came to learn like spells and arcane, but he attributes it to uh, Grimple. Okay. Because that's the only like god that he could identify with in some capacity is that she's interested in war and she's interested in the strong. Which god would watch over, like, the plane of air? Plane of nature. Air. Growth, nature, travel, and enrichment. It's probably what I would... Uh, Infarsha. I would swoop down and offer some gold to Infarsha and say the okay. prayer and then get back to the party. Just like, yeah. I don't um, want to be disrespectful to that god. So I'm just so passing the green ring of Shinkun. Okay. I like that. Um, yeah, I think when you, you drop your offering and, like, say a quick prayer, and as you're kind of doing that, um, there's, like, this really strange feeling that comes over you. You're not used to getting, like, feelings back this strongly, at least. Um, it, it's usually subtle enough that you're not really sure if maybe you're just kind of making, tricking yourself into feeling this way. Um, but this is, like, very much a, like, you get this spike of adrenaline that feels like someone's trying to kill me right now, or I'm in danger, kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah, as you sort of like swoop down mm -hmm. and offered some gold. And there's there's a strong feeling of danger. I'm in danger has just popped into your head. shoot up in the air. Turn around, around his back. Head. So we're heading to the Pantheon? Yeah, the Pantheon. The, the, the Priesthood of the Twelve Shards. Is there one Yeah. I watched it. That okay, <laughs> that's fair. You like perch and, and watch it. Or it, it, it just kind of, I don't stop. I'm in the air. Oh, okay, nice. I like it. How are these temples set up? Are they like and stuff? They're built almost kind of like the, uh, the meeting hall is, where they have like offices and different rooms and things inside of them for the different like priests of the gods to like do their own things in there. Um, but yeah, there is like a worship hall in, in each of them that has pews and, and things like that. It's probably. Um, the first room you would enter into would be like the main 
worship hall with everything else kind of being on the sides. If, if like the worship hall was built in the center and like the rest, a lot of other buildings or like rooms and things were built around it. Some really beautiful skylights. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think you guys are all kind of walking. You're going to sneak in? Oh, okay. Interesting. I'll just stay with, uh, with Santa Guard. Like, shoulder, shoulder. Okay. Yeah, I, I think this is probably, this seems like a... Huh? Um, <laughs> that's a good point. I guess belly to head, seven feet tall. Has, has he come back down yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think you guys have parked, so to speak. And, um, this is, uh, this to me feels like probably a pretty standard procedure for this group. Something you guys have been doing for six months, so he's not like weirded out that you're up in the sky and you're hiding behind stuff and you're sneaking ahead and you're like, like holding on to him, like, okay, come on, sir. Yeah, the priest knows Protect like, the president. You know. There's an elephant outside, like, there's a giant, like, stained glass, and there's this big elephant, like, peeking inside, like, oh, fuck, Santa <laughs> And his freaking band of freaks. Santa Guard Circus. Awesome. You guys walk into the main, like, the main hall, and there is a big bright blue curtain that's been drawn halfway through like the worship hall and you know you guys would know i mean that's that's pretty well known that that's like a a ceremonial thing where they bring that out when they're actually turning that into like the temple chamber the main it's like the main temple chamber when they're trying to speak with the divinity and this this curtain is drawn right now um, it's and it's really heavy material so you can't hear what's going on on the other side of it um, okay make a Stealth check? Twenty nine? I'm having this idea in my mind, but then she just rolls out the stealth. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and make a wisdom saving throw. Fourteen. You sneak behind the curtain. Nobody notices you, and you are immediately hit by this feeling. Sorry. <laughs> I just had to do it. Um, there is this terrible <laughs> shriek that echoes through your head. It's like reverberating inside of your mind. And it, I, it like doesn't end. Yeah, it's like a, I'm not gonna do no, that obviously, but, <laughs> but yeah, it is a it is a constant like you were just assailed by this, and I'm actually going to have to have you take four points of psychic damage, please. I roll out underneath. As soon as you cross the curtain again. The screaming stops. Unfortunately, your unceremonious exit has attracted some attention. So there's a priest who kind of like runs over and is like, What? Mistress, what happened? Are you alright? I'm so sorry. I stumbled into that. I didn't know what it was. I just looked at the back. Oh my. <laughs> so sorry. Oh my. Oh my. Are you. You crossed the barrier? It was an accident. I'm so sorry. And he, he pulls a. Like a, a small. Rod out of his... That's terrible. He pulls a small... You <laughs> <laughs> made it way more terrible. Yeah. <laughs> he pulled out his rod. You crossed the barrier? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he pulls... He pulls the... Looks like... He, he takes out... <laughs> uh-huh. A, a stick. 
whips that has a crystal at the end of it and kind of like waves it over you, okay. um, and then like looks at it and it doesn't do anything as far as you know. <laughs> it's like it's okay. You seem okay. Are you sure you're all right? I think so. I'm just a little shaken. Okay, the bathroom's that way. And please don't cross the barrier. We're in the middle of something very strange. But, um, what is going on? We've received a message from the divinity. We don't know. That's the message. And, uh, and at this point, I think Sanagar is kind of walking up and it's like, <laughs> and, uh, the message is, um, it just says, help. It's impossible to identify who's speaking it as all divinity is of Malar, but someone's in need of help, and, and they never come to us first. It's always us reaching out. So whoever it is needs help now. Kevin's going to walk up to that curtain and kind of like stoop over and try to look under it. <laughs> well, it's like all the way on the ground. Is he picking it up? Oh, boy. Like low enough to the ground that no one else would see under it, but just like... <laughs> Make a wisdom saving throw for me. Nine. No, wait, that's a six. There's a sickening scream that, like, just from your fingertips up, it just, like, hits your head and it blasts you backwards, and you're going to take five points of psychic damage. Did we hear any of what's going on with uh, Alanya on the other side of the curtain? No, just that, like, you guys noticed her, like, roll out, <laughs> like, tumble out from under the curtain. Okay. And, and then I this guy was talking, and then Santa Claus... Um, just, uh, there's, like, a group of priests... Like you can see, like their feet and like yeah, their shoes kind of in a circle. So yeah, you guys like watched Alania like roll out from under the priest who's talking to her. Sanagar was walking up, and then all of a sudden, Hazard of Flames. Excuse me, Hazard of Fires. Just like it's blasted backwards. There's like a spark, and like he flies backwards, um, and crashes into a pew. And some more priests run over to him and pull out their sticks. I probably look I look over at hazards, look at her on the ground, look at the priest, and look at the curtain, like draw my warhammer, like slowly walk up to the curtain, like, and then I'm just gonna stare at the curtain and like look at Sandigar and like hold an arm in front of him, like don't go near the curtain, boss. There's something fishy going just, on. Just, just, just hang. Whew. Gotta talk. I appreciate your initiative, but this is um, this is part of the rite. This is part of the ritual. Are you, are you two all right? <laughs> Hazard, Hazard, are you okay? I'm fine. Alania, are you okay? Yeah. Let's uh, let's see what the priests need. Uh, you you have to go through a, a special ritual to step foot inside of the <laughs> inside of the uh, the circle, <clears throat> the, the the ritual chamber. Let's figure out what what it is that they, what they want from us first. And so the the priests kind of come over and and start talking. <laughs> To him, um, like I said, we got a, a, a message this morning, and, and he pulls that little rod out that he's got again, and he's showing you like the crystal. He's like, This, we have a larger one of these essentially in, in the ritual chamber. Well, we assumed it would light up if we ever were contacted by one of the shards. Well, this is the only time it's lit up, and so we know it works because there was a voice on the other end. Normally, we're the ones reaching out, so you can see why this is concerning. And the the voice is telling us that uh, it needs help, and we don't know how to give it help. Is it coming from a particular shard, or is the crystal just indicative of any shard? The, the crystal lights up any time that divinity would should touch it, any divinity at all. And like I said, all all divinity is of Malar, so it's hard to, we can't differentiate who it is, and there's it won't no, tell us. There's no pitch to the voice? There's no... Just a, just a, just a, uh, I mean... So in the way that he says, like, voice, 
so the way that I would describe that, like you heard the screaming, you heard the screaming. It's less of a, a voice, but you like, and more of a feeling. But at the same time, it's like an audible feeling. Okay. So there, there's no way to like differentiate um, between a man and a woman. Yeah, okay. yeah, essentially. Oh. If I don't see anything outside, I'm gonna come. Okay. Like there's still some unrest, but it's pretty far. It's like within the heart. So yeah, you walk in about yeah, the time he's he's so. talking about all divinity is Malar and blah blah blah. Okay. And um, that's about the time that you walk in. Sanagar's like, well, you sent your priest to talk to me. What is it that you need from me? They just kind of shrug and they're like, we just need help. And Sanagar looks at you guys and he's like, what do you think? Should we do this? They're saying they need help. Um, I don't know what that entails, but. I think I need to go in that chamber. Does anyone want to come with me? Yeah. It's a god beats up, right? So you guys are, are walked into a, like a chamber to the side where they bring out a couple of uh, different types of crystals and things like that. And they begin a chanting ritual. They chant over you. If power is a thing to be gained, taken, or otherwise held in these cosmos, it is an assurance that I have been there or have plans to see myself there. Creativity never suited me, and as I've already said, I'm not meticulous enough for details. I thought for a spell about testing my mettle on making a project of the kind that only benefits others. I've met four types like that in my existence, and each one of them were insufferable. They always had their uses, and I did use them. I found it appealing, the thought of becoming an insufferable help. At the finish of Paths Not Traveled, I just couldn't imagine myself there. I only wanted more. More power, more substance, more presence. More. Once a project is taken on, we are bound by it. So my project became a gradual one. The holding of a project like this is... freeing. You, you have gone through a short ritual. Um, the priests had surrounded you. They waved some crystals over you. They chanted a chant in a language that you weren't able to understand. Uh, and then you were ushered into sort of a, like an airlock of curtains, if you will, um, where they walked you in on one side. They shut the curtains behind you, and then the curtains to the main ritual chamber opened up. It's just there's a circle of priests who are all surrounding a, um, a crystal that's suspended in midair. Um, and they each have a hand on it. And the crystal is lit up, uh, lit up bright green. It's probably like as big as this table if it was like sitting up. There's exactly 12 priests surrounding it, actually. Some of them you recognize from your times in other of the temples. You know that they're the head priests of the 12 shards. Or rather, you notice one or two that you can recognize and you extrapolate. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, honestly, it's same 12. And they're not actually um, speaking out loud, but their mouths are moving. I just start talking to him, totally oblivious to how these things work. <laughs> hello, we're here to help. You said you need help. A bird, a bird steps in the chamber and goes, hello, hello, hello. Hello. Is that where you need help? We're here. <laughs> um, nothing. Um, the the priest in front of you actually don't even like flinch. But the guy who's like been walking you in, he kind of turns around. Shh. That's for the concentration. <laughs> Um. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and Sanagar sort of hesitantly steps up towards the crystal, and as he's moving, the priests shift and move their 
their hands on the crystal so that he can actually step up and get a hand on it. You see his fingertips touch, and then his whole hand gets, like, sucked to the crystal, and, and his head kind of goes down immediately, and, and, like, and I should mention that this crystal's, like, slowly rotating, and so they're all kind of, like, slowly taking Shuffling side steps. Around. Yeah, it's very, um, very cult-like, almost. Huh. Very slowly shuffle behind him so he doesn't... <laughs> what do you guys want to do? Juan to use message on that crystal and see if he can hear it. I think it's a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try it. I just message point at the crystal. You in there? You point at the crystal and you, you say, Is anyone in there? And then immediately, in your head, you hear, is anyone in there? Is anyone in there? Is anyone in there? And like, it just echoes back at you like a hundredfold and make a wisdom saving throw for me. Six again. Uh, you take four points of psychic damage <laughs> you also get from your own voice. Um, the rest of you, roll perception for me. 21. Your eagle eyes yeah, we're like spot a very brief flicker in the light of the gem around the time that Hazard of Flames went. And then they spot a very brief flicker in Hazard's hand before he decides that's an even worse <laughs> I think it hurt you though. <laughs> the flicker when he did that. Try it again. Gatotok will step forward and cast Detect Magic on the crystal. So you cast Detect Magic on the crystal, and immediately you are like, this is a magical construct. What? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not even in the same way of like this is a magical item like this is like a living construct mm -hmm. and and you're really like baffled you're like you feel like you're looking at a at a person right mm -hmm. when you're looking at this thing make a wisdom saving throw for me first Ooh, it's a and then suddenly you get this feeling that you're like you you're looking at a mirror in front of you with a mirror behind you and you realize that you're just like getting this echo of yourself you're literally reading you've detected magic on yourself Huh. And you know that, like, you're a construct, right? And yeah. so th that's what you're saying. Um, thankfully, it passes without... Hmm. Okay. Feedback. Yeah, feedback damage. Mm -hmm. Can I talk to you, the person who let us in? Yeah. What is this person? This is the divine antenna. That's what we call it. Is this the thing that asks for This is how we receive that message, yes. This yeah. is what we use when we speak directly to divinity. They are listening to the request. Why did they have to touch it? And why is it? Uh, because the, the magic, the magic in this item is encased in such a way that the the lattices won't allow magic to pass into it and out of it the same way. It's just a reflection. And and he kind of he kind of looks at Hazard. He's like, as um, a friend here has learned with his his little spell that he tried. <laughs> We're just trying to decipher how how to help. Is it always just a reflection? Only when you cast magic on it. If you are touching it, you can receive in, into yourself. That's what you, requires a physical connection. Yeah, absolutely. You step up to, to touch it and uh, like um, yeah yeah it's suspended off the ground, probably like three or four feet. Um, yeah, but and as you guys are like walking up to touch it, the, the priests and everyone are like. Without even opening their eyes, they're like shifting to make room for you. It's like they can sense your intent to touch it. Are all of you touching it? You're not gonna touch it. Okay, so you three, you three grab it, and it's the same thing. Like the moment that you make any kind of contact, like your whole hand just like sucks to it, um, and your head is like forced down, and your eyes are closed, um, and you just uh, you hear this voice in your head. It's it's literally like it's this distant voice shouting, "Help! 
Help! I can't do this! Please help me, you have to help me! We can reach out to it. Like, like if I say who is this, I can say who is this. Yeah, I mean, essentially, you, you say that and you, you hear those words kind of like echo out into this aural void, if you will. There's like a part of you that knows that, that whatever is shouting out there didn't hear you. Those, those words are, make an insight check. So with an 11, I think you, you say, who are you, or, or is, who's out there? And there's just like this feeling, you're just like, ah, it's just not important enough. But beyond that, you're not really sure. You notice as soon as like, um, he, you know, their hands went to the crystal, and I mean, we haven't got to you guys yet, but we will in a second, but you notice that his lips kind of started moving as like in the meta at the same time that he was asking that question, you can like notice his lips moving. How aware are you of our bodies? You haven't lost all sense of your body. Like, you know that you're still, like, have a physical form. Um, but your care about it has dramatically reduced. I think having some Not, not casting messages. Sure, sure. And, like, are you putting any magic behind that at all? Um, only if I don't get a response the first time. Okay, yeah, I think it's sort of the same the same deal. You kind of get, like, this echo back. Not an echo. That this feeling inside of you that's just, like, it's not important enough. I was going to ask, kind of according with his connection to our bodies and sort of physical space, or I guess not so physical, but like, I would try to go to it myself, instead of talking to the other Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. Yes, you you are able to like mentally like the best way I can describe it is if you were running forward and you and you like start to run on all fours, you're just like grabbing this space and like throwing it behind you as you're propelling yourself forward. Um, yeah, essentially, yeah. So that's a, that's a very good piece of flair. You are you are flying through this, and it feels very similar to when you fly outside. <clears throat> Um, the voice is never getting any closer to you. It's still kind of out there. But as you fly, you start to hear whispers, things like, Who is that? Who's out there? And help with what? Like, those those things kind of like pass by you as you're moving through the space. You you notice his wings start to twitch as the same time as these guys' mouths are moving. And his mouth, his beak is probably moving too. How far is his Uh Probably like three feet okay. suspended. So it has the fire just underneath it, like... Yeah, essentially. <laughs> he, he touched it with his face, he went, Puff! Slowly lifting up off the ground. His feet are just dragging. Not until This is why we had the twelve. Come in. What does that mean? Its request must be fulfilled. If a god requests something of us, it won't let us go until we've done what it needs. So... Not without severely damaging them, I'm afraid. We, in the past, before we understood how it worked, we tried certain gruesome tactics, and it never ended well for anybody involved, and so we've taken to just appeasing the god. The problem is the... The weight of the request is 
unknown. We don't know how to fix it. Can I feel my associate's presence in this? Yes. Okay. And can I... So I got this feel like I'm not important now. Do I associate that with the question itself or with my... Like, what would I do that time for? I think that's all I can give you with an 11. Would I feel their questions being thrown out? Yes. Okay. Yes. I guess hearing them and then it's not hearing anything back as a group thing I would like. Like, guys would be shot out of unison? Is that simple? Or it's asking for help? So okay. I'm going to send for yes. You say yes, and you have this incredible feeling of being grabbed and like dragged through this ether. You get dragged through this, this like, mental plane. You move at incredible speeds until, like, you are just, like, stopped. Uh, and this, this presence in front of you is overbearing um, to the point where you don't know <laughs> yourself anymore. You've actually lost all sense of self at this point. You were just um, presented with this thing, and it says, it says, give me power to do what I need to do. <laughs> yes, you can. Do you offer it? A third, a couple of third level spell slots. How many? How many do you have? You lose two third level spell slots permanently. <laughs> and you um, immediately, your mind pops out. It goes black, and you sort of lose consciousness for a second. And uh, <laughs> the rest of you feel um, you feel his consciousness sort of leave. But you did notice before it left that um, it felt like he moved forward very quickly. Yeah, you, you definitely got this feeling that like something came out and like grabbed him and drove him in. Um, you see him slump forward, slump down, <laughs> off of the crystal. His, his... Okay. You didn't hear what he said, but you knew that it had something to do with what he said was important. Is it just that? You're just saying, I'm coming to help? There's a feeling that goes through you, and you can't help but feel like it's not all you have to say. There's this feeling like there's 12 people here. They've probably said something along the lines of, well, we're coming, we're trying. Yeah, there's attention turned on you, for sure. <laughs> not hearing a response from the floor, and I'll shout out, let me help you. Uh, there's, a, there's something that kind of echoes back to you that says, how? How can you help me? I'll just say, I'm strong. Yeah, um, you are... Grabbed by your clean, clean ass mirror plate and dragged forward um, until you are faced with this presence. So you you know that there's something there, something that wasn't that you weren't in front of before, and now you are. But you were just like it's this presence is so vast that it is like okay, and it's just it's just like waiting basically. Yeah, it's it's expecting something else from you. So you said I'm strong, and it brought you to it. And it basically said, like, how, how are you going to be strong for me? How can you give me your strength? Um, and there's a warm feeling on the inside of you as though your blood is trying to get out. I think I would, like, kind of go through the motion of, like, I pulled my war hammer, which has my holy symbol, like, strapped to it. And I would kind of, like, I would hold it forward with the intent of, like, usually I would, what I would pass is more God's blessing on whatever this thing is. But at the same time, I'm kind of offering, it's like I'm offering that spell, but I'm also offering Myself. You're offering like yourself your strength. Yes, like um, me as like I guess a person as a worker. Like, 
Like, how can I act on your behalf? It takes nine of your hit points permanently. And casts you away. Your consciousness snaps. You watch him fall off of the crystal. And then shortly after that, Samagar falls off of the crystal. And all the other priests start falling off the crystal. That kind of sense that these people are offering their talents. Yeah, you, you, at this point, now that like something's, something's broken in the understanding of this, and you get the idea that it needs an offering. It needs something from you um, in a permanent fashion. Okay, I'm sensing that I feel like I have to perform four arms or shall I have a pull out into hand access that I have. Do my best spinning dive attack whenever I take out as many as I can to show how quick I can be with these two, two weapons. Um, so you do this display, and that's when it, like, this hand reaches out and grabs you, and <laughs> same deal. You lose all sense of self. And you're just like in front of this presence, and it says, uh, you, "You you get this like feeling from it that's basically like very impressive. How can this help me? Okay, I'm not I'm not going to penalize your strength or anything like that, but I am going to reduce those damage dice to D4. And it pushes you away, and you walk out, and you see Orzo falls off. <laughs> yes, yeah. You made a pile of priests. You wake up, and the the light has gone from green to like a red and there's a voice that actually booms audibly through the chamber and says thank you and the, the light shuts off the, yeah the crystal remains suspended and turning uh, but the, the light inside of it just kind of turns off and there's like this moment of silence and the priests are all standing up and everyone's kind of like rubbing their heads a little bit yeah there's a there's a part of you that feels um missing people are starting to smile and they're like well we helped whoever it was and then the temple explodes <laughs> I don't remember doing it the first time I lashed out. I tried to convince myself for a span that I was simply too traumatized by what was happening inside me that I let go of the experience. Knowing how I've gone on with myself since then, I can honestly say it was likely that the experience mattered so little to me that I never bothered to keep the memory. The most interesting thing about that experience was finding myself back with my brothers. How far they had come, I underestimated them at almost every turn. Their project was astounding, truly. What a power to be held, this project of my brothers proved it. I must have known all along somewhere deep inside myself. Confronted with it at that moment brought me a terrible joy, a thrill rising up inside me like I had never known possible. My own project kept me from taking their power, however. Gradual, after all. But I knew my end goal, and that was enough. You guys are not in the temple anymore. You were four blocks into the critique, which is right here. So, I would want to talk to you as you're about to ask that, you turn to face him, and you turn, like, towards the city walls at that point, and there's this huge plume of ash and dust and dirt and smoke that is, like, rising into the air. Smack dab in the middle of the heart. Everyone's screaming. Behind you, in front of you, all around you. The temples are starting. You can see the temples, like, through the this hole in one of the walls, and the temple that you were in, its back wall is blown out, 
and some of the other temples are starting to like crumble and like fall in on each other. Oh, wow. And okay. further into the city, there's big buildings that are also falling, and there's like these those sky roads, I was, those sky bridges I was telling you about that like connect the different octants together. Those are like buildings are crashing into them, and just like those are snapping <laughs> apart and falling. We need to get somewhere safe now. Hazard then, is going to immediately break into a run towards where the temple was, doing that like two finger horse whistle. Yeah, uh, it doesn't take long, but your elephant does come That's scampering true. around. <laughs> 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 yeah, which I should be certain that we should be I would, I would point towards the smoke coming from the center of the city. Away from the smoke? Or towards the smoke. I say we go away from the smoke. Well, you need to go investigate and see what's happening. And see if I see anything. The dust is really heavy up here. There's a lot of dirt. And it starts getting hard to see and getting hard to breathe. But you get this idea that something has collided into the middle of the city that probably came from the sky. Sanagar's unconscious. It has to be connected. So, what, what happened? What'd you guys do? Yeah, I'll do Not Maybe not like as in as much detail, but like, you know, the same way that dreams kind of start to slip away from you. There's yeah. concepts there. You know that you went somewhere, you saw something big, and you gave it something. If we really help something that's a god, like, if it came to see us and say thank you, it probably crashed into the city. I said I'd help it. Now I feel a little less taller suddenly. Okay. How about you guys? What'd you guys give it? Gave it my favorite weapons. You guys just gave it things and weapons and what it was. It seemed important though. It seemed like nothing was going to happen once we did that. So, do we need to go look at what just crashed into the city? Let's head that way. Are we carrying them into this? Are we getting them safe first? I don't know where else we can hide them. Uh, maybe the temple in Frisha if it's not destroyed. In running in towards the middle of the city, you come across a very large building. It is leaned up against a bridge. And on the bridge, you can see 20 different people. Men, women, and children, not Jin. And in the building, poking out of some of the windows, you can also count about 20 people. Everybody roll investigation. Um, it looks dangerous. Is leaning on the bridge? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like this building is like collapsed, sort of, and, like, and like leaning up against the bridge. And there's like people just like poking their heads out like... Oh, like waving for help. Oh, they want help. And there's people on the bridge who are trapped, who can't get off either direction. And the suspension of the bridge is starting to, like, give out. How far are there? Um, you're, you're close enough to be able to help. So, you guys see the bridge building? The, the entrance to that bridge would be too far away to get to in time. So only a flying person? Or, or, or scaling the building. Oh, so you you could scale the building to get to the people on the bridge, or you could scale part way up the building to help the people in the building. It's really creature, not person. Gamble. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, yeah, you're able to cast fly on the elephant. I can't fly, so I'm jumping on the elephant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my, my prerogative will be to carry as many people at the same time as I can. To get as many people on the bridge? Yeah. Onto the to elephant. the elephant? Yes. You're leading Gamba towards the people that are like on the bridge, trapped. And you start pulling things away. You go to help, and then you look over and notice that Gamba, in his excited flyingness, has um, dropped Sanagar. Oh, uh, okay. In the time it takes for you to go help Sanagar, they're like 
desperate, right? They're like freaking out, trying to climb over each other to get yeah. to you. And a couple of them actually start fighting with each other, and you're able to pull five people out. At the si simultaneously, you guys um, are climbing up, or you're flying into windows, I guess, and like trying to pull people out. And how are you um, working that? So I was. But Roll dexterity saving throw for me. Because of your roguish abilities, you're able to get in uh, on a safe entrance into the building. But because of the angle it's at, you have to like you have to really do some work to get like up into the building where you know people are because it's just like the floors are all slanted. So you're like running on walls, and there's a couple doors that you step on that crack open underneath you, and you like almost <laughs> fall into someone else's like house, basically. And you're able to get to some people, and you're both able to save, uh, we'll say seven people. You're able to get them out, and simultaneously uh, with you guys. And so then, like, then you just feel this building, like, starts to really collapse, and this bridge is, you, there's, like, cables are snapping and, and everything, and it's it's going. Um, and so you're able to grab Santa Bar and put him back on the elephant, mm -hmm. and you get your five people on the elephant, you guys get your five people out, and then the building and the bridge collapse. So you save 12 people out of 40. And there, there are screams of terror silence very quickly after the building's collapse. What do you want to do now? Okay, I need to ask you some important questions. My trading cards were in that building. What am I going to do for work now? Sorry, thank you for getting me out of there. I was on the toilet and the, and the walls yelled at me and then the building was sideways. They yelled at you? <laughs> not, not as much as it, you would think for someone living in the, the grandest city of the Jinn. The building was falling over while I went and looked out the window and I was staring at the ground and it was the strangest thing. Whatever whatever it was was powerful, it threw the whole building down. As you're moving in further into the city, there's people who are like, Did you guys see that meteor? That was crazy! Do you think it hit the city? What did you see? Exactly. It was a bright light, came out from the sky and crashed. Somewhere nearby, I think. Probably not. Probably not in the city. <laughs> it was a uh, just brilliant white. But did you look at where the giant thing landed? I it was that way. The, the dust plume. Okay. <laughs> this okay. This guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys make your way towards the plume of of dirt and smoke and dust, and there's um some dark clouds starting to form in the sky, and there's a, a really heavy wind that's blowing at your back, so it's, the, the dirt is starting to kind of move, all the dust in the air is starting to move away from you. And at some point during your run, Sanagar comes to consciousness and he's just like, By the 12th, what, what happened? Why do my ears hurt? <laughs> wow, why do I hurt? Why am I in an elephant? What happened? Are you okay? My head hurts. An in incomprehensible presence, and I said something to it, I gave it something. Yeah, did you give that presence anything lost? We all did. I don't know. I don't remember. Did you talk to it? I think. I don't know if I spoke to it or if it spoke to me or if it pulled words out of me or... It was such a surreal experience. I... I don't know. Is your feeling of death? His eyes go wide when you mention that, like, that feeling in the air, right? And he's just like, I think we started it. I told you today was a day of death. And um, you guys make it to the edge of the crater. And you look down... And there is a very large person 
at the bottom of it. Probably like four to five times larger than like a normal humanoid. And there's this brilliant white smoke um, that is radiating f up from her body. Um, people are scrambling down into this crater pit to try and help, and some people are like trying to dig pits and like and like move pieces off of its off of her legs. And someone else like touches her arm, and then there's this bright white flash, and that person is gone in like a dust, like this white, brilliant white dust that just um, floats upwards. And um, this person is sitting down at the bottom of this uh, crater and smoking. Finding myself again in the presence of my brothers, my project had not yet commanded me to take what they had. So it was to my great disappointment that I witnessed my youngest brother kill our sibling. It was such a casual thing. He reached out and crushed him into dust. It was simple, yet elegant. I admit I took much inspiration from it. Eventually, the time came that I moved from my youngest brother. Next I saw him, I struck against him, breaking him into pieces. In his defiance, he cast the dust of our brother to their project. He then drew in what power he had left and he cast me far, far away. I don't know what else he did, but he shattered as he pushed me out. Twelve pieces of himself falling into synchronicity with his project. giant person in this crater in front of you that is causing people to flash and disappear when they touch it. Are you like down next to it? I'm like by its face. Um, there's no response from it. Yeah, yeah, no. There's no response from it at all. Is it breathing? No. Can we throw something at it? I don't see why not. I'm not going to say no. Can I throw debris at it? Sure. Because it's not doing anything anymore. It touches this thing and zips right back towards you. Make a dexterity saving uh, yeah, you're able to dodge out of the way of it, but it like this thing touched this, this rock touched this thing, and turned a brilliant white, and then like shot right back at you. Like I will, I'll give you this. Even even with the roll of seven, this thing is very clearly like no magic you've ever seen before. You're like, what is this magic? And you're like really looking at it, and this the magic that like this thing is exuding is it is bigger than all of the Jin cities that you visited combined into one. You get like this brief vision of infinity. So besides like the body, is there like clothing on it? And marks? Like is there anything that relates to anything else that we can see on it? Roll religion. Both of you are looking at this thing and there's definitely something familiar about it to you. Especially when you're, you're talking about like looking at the robes and you're, and you're just like, like these garments look really familiar. And you take that and you look at it and you're like, this is all the paintings of, like, in your mind, you're seeing this and you're like, you're connecting this to all the paintings that you've ever seen of the, the goddess in Farsha. If you, yeah, if you say that out loud and you're right there, then you will immediately connect that and you'll see that. And look, you will recognize your, your goddesses on the ground shattered. Yeah. She's the goddess of uh, nature, I believe. Uh, someone screams and points at the sky, and you see two more bright, bright lights falling out of the sky. Um, just to the just to the earth. They're they're far away, but they are brilliant white. It lights up the sky 
like daylight. And with all these dark clouds around, it's a very strange experience to have the the, the sky be dark, mm-hmm. but still be able to see as though it were daylight. Given whatever experience I've had with my associates fighting, seeing hazards, cast spells, having um, Orzo fight alongside me, do I feel any of their presence or my presence within the goddess that's on the ground for me? Do I feel like a part of this? In, in the same way that you might look at like a, a battleground after you were done fighting there, mm-hmm. and recognize like certain footprints or like slash marks up against an enemy or something like that as belonging to your colleagues and maybe to yourself after, like as a post, post-mortem, as it were, like walk of a battlefield. In that same way, you look at this god and you're like, there's a part of you that's like, I had a hand in this. In the part of her state? Yes. Oh. I'm going to be instructing Gamma to hold up a large piece of debris, like at an angle towards where the other two things are falling. Yeah. <laughs> and get behind that. What are you guys seeing? What, what is going on here? What did we start? This is a person. This is a good guy. I can sense our presence in whatever partner. Yeah. I think we helped something that was looking to do damage to her. Possibly. With the the sight of these new uh, meteors falling to Earth, that feeling, that like oppressive feeling of like death and despair, and um, just kind of this overall misery that's like in the air, um, kind of comes to a head. But there's like this um, there's this note of sadness behind it. So you guys were talking about this God as a God, like being dead, right, out loud to each other. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about, you're like, this isn't Varsha, this is, you know, she's dead, this is the goddess, she's dead. And someone someone at the top of the crater says, what, that's a god? And they turn around and say, the gods are dead! <laughs> and they just shout it back towards the, the rest of the city. And um, the screams that are already echoing through this city begin to swell upward again. This is your guys' um, he hasn't even come down into the crater with you guys. He's standing at the top with Gamma, um, but he looks stricken. Uh, how far are those? One thing real quick, I need to jump in here and revise. I forgot to mention a pretty important aesthetic detail uh, around the body of this celestial being in the bottom of the crater. A bunch of vines and shrubs and trees and flowers and grass begin to grow very rapidly uh, and expand to consume the crater. The trees are growing really, really, really rapidly. The shrubs are getting bigger. You know, everything's kind of expanding outwards. Um, it doesn't affect anything that's coming up here later. Um, it wouldn't have any way had I remembered to mention it in the first place. Um, but it is an important detail for geographic location in the world. Sorry for the late edit. Besides just from the shock of this god crashing into the center of the city, there are other fires now springing up around the city. Um, Yeah, you you come up out of the crater and there's like a a decent size, there's a couple like decent sized fires. Pretty far out, the fires. They're all around the city, but um, it's right up close to you, there are six different five-foot fires, and um, there are three very large fires inside of buildings. And as you're moving out of this thing, you hear another big crash as um, another skyscraper out in the city somewhere just kind of comes crashing down 
um, as the magic fails and it falls to the earth. Notably, you guys haven't seen any gin since all this has happened. Not particularly, but this is still within the walls, and so it wouldn't be unheard of to see them. I would actually be a little upset if after <laughs> almost three years of campaign, the character I roll up is just the cause of literally everything. Like the character in front of you, I'd be like, <laughs> like, you know, troll of a campaign. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I've stuck you in that position and told you there was no way to get out without doing what it wanted. Um, I, I think I would still try my best efforts. I'd get up out of the crater and cast thaumaturgy to just make my voice reach as far as I can and just tell everybody who can hear me to take cover, get safe, look to the sky. Yeah, there's there's lots of people who like hear you saying that and they they do as you ask. They start looking for places to go and like kind of hunker down. There's still a lot of people who are trying to helping trying to like put out fires, other people who are pulling people from rubble and things like that. He's like stood there just like kind of in shock and he's like looking down at this thing. The gods are dying. What do you mean? What do you what do I want you to do? The gods are dying. What do we do? What do we do? The gods are dying. So he's no He's yeah, he's like in, he's in a state. I'll go up and slap Sandigar. Yeah. He's just passed out and you're slapping. Well, he's delirious. I'm trying to like help him out. Wait. Yeah, you can go absolutely you can slap him. Is that to hit or just strength? Um uh, he's just standing there. Roll, roll like a D four for damage. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll just be like, I'll be like, calm down, boss, and give him three blood force damage as I slap him across the face with my metal hands. Yeah, he comes up. He comes out of it, and his eyes are like this um, serpentine kind of um, shape at first. Like when he looks at you, and then he stops, and he's like, "The city's on fire. People are trapped. The gods are dying. Let's put out the fires." Let's start with that. And if we come across people who need our help, let's do that. Are we on board with that? I'll try to prioritize anyone who's underneath the rubble. So the rubble yeah, so if you want to move for a fly, grab Hazard, sure. fly around all these small fires with the as, as you pick up Hazard and fly away, the elephant kind of goes, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that uh, well, the small control fire to put out five foot fires is the cantrip. Like, are we just running around doing our own yeah. things, or? I don't know. You guys are doing fire squad. I was thinking the ones near us that we can see at least. Okay. I'll just, um... fire playing I'll just, like, run around and I'm just looking for anyone that's, like, underneath rubble. Or if I see pieces of rubble, I'm going up and picking them up and if there's any people so they can get out. You guys are able to put out quite a bit of fire. You're able to get, like, the, for lack of a better term, the square where you're at now. Mostly extinguished. Once the, the small ones are out, I can hear me go and free burn away tender before the bigger fires reach it. As you're working on this, um, putting this out, um, a very large group of people rounds the corner into the square. And they're led by, surprise, those five people that you had fell in line with earlier. Um, and they walk up to the crater and they see the thing in the bottom. And you hear someone say, God is dead! And there's like this weird, like, psychotic cheer that rises up from this group. There's probably like 30 or 40 people here. And then they start spreading out and starting more fires. Do and they have bows? Yeah, there's a couple of them who do, sure. Uh, this is, uh, there's people who are moving into 
cause damage and if we stay 120 feet up, that's just the edge of the range on fire. It's Ricky. Oh yeah, Ricky sees you coming up and he's like, hey, what's going on? Pitchfork, what's going on? <laughs> what are you guys doing? Where's your, where's your pitchfork? Whoop. I lost it Whoop. in the explosion. Yeah, God's dead, right? It's great. Let's push the gin out. It's This is the day of reckoning for the gin. We're going to get him out of here. Why is it good? Because they're small and squishy. <laughs> and they act like they're better than everybody. We gotta get him out of here. And he like picks up a pitchfork and like goes, and just like runs and just like starts hitting the side of a building. It's doing nothing. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Can I just like enter like camera left and just like bulldoze this kid in the wall he's hitting? <laughs> like Robocop. <laughs> you're tackling him? Is that what you're saying? Um, okay, yeah. So yeah, you hit him and push him into the wall and uh, we're gonna roll initiative, right. I guess. This, for all intents and purposes, this is a swarm mechanic. Yeah. So you are just attacking the mob. You don't have to like specify who you're hitting. They're gonna move towards you because you initiated the first attacks, and they're going to engulf you. There, there. You got like these nice shiny metal plates, you know, as armor, and um, they're swinging their whatever machetes and clubs and. Like, and they're dirty. both glancing off and just yeah. missing you entirely, and it's just like a super uncoordinated attack. Okay. Um, and so we're going to move to Randy's turn. Orzo's going to pull out his longbow. Uh, yeah, that hits the armor class. Nice! Action surge. The first guy falls. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, you're attacking just, just kind of into the group. Um, and so you you shooting and like like one guy takes an arrow to the neck and falls over and a lot of people like scramble and so the the mob loses quite a few people. How many are archers? Um, there's like three people with bows who will be within range. Perfect. Scorching ray. Yeah, all those. Those are that's right. Wow. <laughs> As I cast the spell, a sphere of fire erupts around us. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead. I'll slam my warhammer on the ground and cast Spirit Guardian. Three, I guess, just kind of big looking, like yellow spheres that are like shaped in my image, just kind of like spread out and speaking for radius. It's a robotic Liam Neeson. They're just <laughs> giant astral fists that just go out and fit the radius, so the mob is making this insane throw. 19. So they're going to take seven radiant damage. So actually, they're going to take three radiant damage. Oh, really? Um, the mob is going to attack you again, and they're going to attack with advantage because you are technically engulfed by them, and you didn't move out of there. So once again, it's just a bunch of incompetent <laughs> attacking. How wide are these streets? Thirty feet. Thirty feet wide. I kind of like the fact that. We, we did something that got the gods killed, so like half the city hates us. And then the other half that liked us, we're now killing. <laughs> There's a, a loud crackling sound, and the city streets light up very brightly as you look up, and another two meteors come streaking out of the sky in slightly pos opposing directions. When they land, it's very loud, and there is a, lot, a very jarring shape. Probably been far enough away that it didn't necessarily hit the uh, <laughs> it didn't hit the city. 
but they landed somewhere very close nearby. They also have a single origin. I'm just coming from the sky. It's hard to say because the clouds are there's like cloud cover and everything. So that's just you only seeing them when they break through the clouds. Um, at this point, let's just go ahead and say that we are down to the five leaders of this thing. I'm going to bring them down into like actual individuals now. Oh boy. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and, if you guys are okay with I'm just going to make him go on the same turn. Ricky is going to stand up, using all of his movement, and he's going to attempt to grapple with the Warforged. Oh man, you are grappled! And he, he even said that, he goes, Yeah, yeah, you're grappled! Yeah! <laughs> Ricky grappled you! Tiki is going to run over and attempt to hit you with the, sh the shovel that he was hitting the side <laughs> of the building with earlier. Does a 16 hit your AC? Does not. Oh my goodness! Okay, so he goes... <laughs> Tembo is going to run over to Elania and attempt to stab her with a dagger. Does a 14 hit your AC? Sorembo, I guess, is going to go next. It's coming after you. Again. Again? Yeah, another guy. So he like tries to like slash at you, but he just kind of misses. You almost feel kind of bad for him. Because it was so pathetic. I guess the last guy is going to look up at this fireball that's flying around <laughs> 60 feet in the air. His eyes flash red, and he's going to cast uh, Firebolt. Um, and with that, it goes to Randy's turn. Well, I'm definitely that guy. It's 11 damage. 11 damage? Okay. Um, so he's got an arrow like sticking out of his thigh, like Ace Returns. Is <gasps> <gasps> he still standing? <laughs> yeah, he's still alive, okay. uh, but he looks rough. Go ahead and kill it. This one is a 14. Uh, 14 will hit him. Um, where do you hit him, and how do you kill him? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, I love it. Okay, um, that goes to <laughs> Josh's turn. How close together are they? Um, well, there's one group attacking Alania, there's one group attacking the one on Gatatok? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Gatatok is grappled, so he's going to take damage too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> As long as you know what you're doing. <laughs> I think at this point you know, yeah, I was just like, do it! <laughs> 12 damage? 12 damage to everyone who failed, 6 damage to everyone who succeeded. <laughs> What's your spell save? Uh, 50. Um, you're no longer grappled, because uh, in the scramble to get out of the way of the fireball, even though they both failed, um, he let you go. And as I cast that, the fire pulse goes off again and does another 3 damage to all the bad guys. <laughs> So that first fire spell, like all their hairs, like went, like caught on fire, and, like, and then all of a sudden you're like, and then they're just like skeletons that then turned into ash. Uh, so there's two guys left. One of them uh, is going to stop, and he's going to look around and kind of survey the battlefield and realize that he's one of two guys left. He's going to see the the sky light up again as three more meteors fall from the sky. And his eyes are going to get really wide, and he's going to look at the rest of you, and he's going to turn, and he's going to run. The other guy doesn't notice that this guy runs. He only sees the light up above, and he runs straight for Gatatok with his club. Okay. And he's going to try to bring it down right on your head. Uh, an 18. Just barely misses. Uh, and it goes to Randy's turn. Then how far is the guy running? He's, uh, he's 60 feet away. Change the music. What's massacre music? He just dies. Like... Okay, then I'll turn to the other guy. You got to use a range. <laughs> How do you kill him? Uh, um, well, he's standing in front of me. I'd talk. Hit some. 
And all of a sudden, the air comes right through his neck. <laughs> Stops right in front of oh, man. It just splatters blood all over. Gotta talk to my son. plates. I just, like, very slowly frown. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, over your armor? Like, yeah, just, like... <laughs> like, Cover. I, like, drop my knees. Um, the reverberation of the other two meteors that fell rumbles through the ground, and you hear distant explosions. Then you see Jin start popping out of like just kind of coming out and, and around and surrounding the crater and, and looking around after this fight has kind of stopped and and they scream as two more meteors come out of the sky and those fall to the ground much much closer. In fact, you're pretty sure one of them probably dropped into the river nearby. They're looking around and they're looking at you and they're. Do you have any idea what's happening? The gods are dying. Picking up one of the dead guys you killed and like using this cloak to like wipe my armor off, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm gonna say to them, something was in the kill shards temple. We knew that the priesthood of the twelve shards were having a conversation with something, or they were contacted by something, but we don't we don't get involved in affairs like that. That's not our place. That's why the priesthood set up here, so we wouldn't have to. Do you know what it is? It's one of the twelve. It's the only thing that can access that crystal. It's a, that, that crystal is a, a piece of Malar. Can you feel which one? Which ones have fallen to the ground? They, they kind of stop and, and think for a minute, and they're, they're just like, it feels like everything's straight out of the world, except for... Except for death. There's one more loud explosion as another... Meteor falls from the sky, and as soon as it crosses the barrier of the clouds, immediately uh, just buckets of rain just start pouring down, putting out all the fires. And the rain is honestly... It's the most, it's yeah. the most rain that you've ever seen. <laughs> um, it has never rained this hard before, ever. And in that moment, when you're watching that meteor come down, you all feel as though love has left the world. There's no other way to describe it than that. <laughs> um, and all that remains is death. It happened almost by accident. My own project was screaming at me to take more power. It's unbearable, but it will be resolved. Through the screaming of my own ambitions, I felt their project once more. So I began to watch it. I watched it for a long time. I could feel the shattered pieces of my brother. They had taken on a life of their own and continued the mandate in governing his project. When I reached out and asked for guidance in, it all went silent again as though someone had gasped and shut out the lights. I waited and I watched some more. I was so close to my goal, my reach knew no distance. Then, just as I was beginning to think I'd never catch a blip from their project ever again, someone else reached out to one of my tendrils. It was a weak thing, probing. It wanted something, so I promised it power. It needed something, so I let it tap into my own reserves. It asked questions, and so I answered as much as I thought necessary. But in return, this small, fractional voice of my brother would guide me in. Little by little, I am moving closer to my goal. Nothing will stop me now, and there are none left to try. Soon, the dust and pieces of my brother will feel it as I arrive. Ichabar.
is coming. Thanks for listening, everybody. I apologize for the poor audio quality. I had a mishap with the microphone that I was supposed to use, and we ended up with the one we had. But it works, and I hope you all enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun running it.